Hey, family, family of God, this is your host, Curtis D. Young. Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of The Faith Life. And I just want to always start off by asking how you're living, how you're walking. And I hope your answer is I'm living by faith and I'm walking by faith because my father, God, he said he has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And it's called all of us to walk by that faith he has given unto us because by faith is the only way we can please our God. So again, family, thanks for tuning in tonight. And I know we, um, over the last two weeks, we've been talking on a new, another, another topic entitled being real rooted in the word of God. And we're going to continue in that vein tonight. And, and as we can, as we left off last week, we were talking about the importance of trusting the Holy spirit, you know, to be real rooted in this word, you got to trust the Holy spirit. And we talked about how, uh, how Proverbs three, five and six talks about not, not leaning to nothing. You got to trust in God with all your heart. And and, and 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 not leaning to your own understanding, but in all your ways, you got to learn to acknowledge God. And you will know without a shadow of doubt that he is directing your path. OK, so we that's what we closed up on last week. And I want to continue to talk about that and understanding the importance of trusting the word of the Holy Spirit to, to lead you in the way of this word because he enables us to rightly divide the word of truth that we can truly apply it effectively in in every scenario of life um that we um coming that we deal with okay so continue we're going to pick up talking about that in that same vein and i want to talk about how the holy spirit provides revelation inspiration and illumination Holy Spirit provides revelation, inspiration, and illumination. Okay, and I want to start off by reading also just just to reiterate um, the the importance of us being born of, God, of God's Spirit and how we have to trust the Holy Spirit because uh, He gives us the ability to receive from God the Father. I uh, in, in the Second Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians, I'm sorry, the second chapter says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit i mean his word understanding of his word he says for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of god for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him even so no man knows the things of god except the spirit of god now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god because we're born again of his spirit that we might know the things that have been freely given unto us by God. Okay. So God makes it very clear there. And he said, these things that we speak, the word of God that we speak and we live out. Okay. They're not man's wisdom. Okay. But, the, but they're the wisdom that comes from the Holy spirit teaching us. Okay. He compares spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural minded man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. Okay. Cause they're foolish to him. So we just so just really right that and and driving a nail in that to understand that we're born again of God's spirit. So now we're equipped to rightly receive right understanding of the word of God and how to apply it effectively in our lives by the Holy Spirit. He gives us revelation, inspiration and illumination. And in Ephesians, the um, Ephesians, that first chapter, you can look at look at that 17th verse in Ephesians, the first chapter, 17th verse talks about that 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 um illumination it says here 
that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, this is Paul praying this, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay? He says that the an 18 verse, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Okay, that was the new new living, I mean the new King James version of it. And then here in the New Living Translation, it says here, starting with that 17th verse again. It says, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. 18th verse, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the uh, confident hope he has given to those he called. Okay. So we, we got to know this word. We talked about, we established last week, the word is infallible and errant. Okay. And able, it's, it's unable to, to make mistakes. The word of God is, is, is perfect. It's true. <laughs> okay. It's pure. All right. So it's infallible. So we, we as believers got to believe that, that about the word of God, no matter what the world may um, say that contradicts that. We got to believe that. Okay, so the Holy Spirit opens up the enlightened eyes of understanding because when you have spiritual understanding of you, you see things from God's perspective, even things that go on in the world with a worldly with a worldly minded person don't understand why certain things happen in this world. (laughs) You know, but God knows. But those who are born again spirit, we understand everything. Everything has a spiritual root behind it. You know, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, wickedness in high places. OK, so we have evil influence as well as the holy righteous influence in this in the earth. OK, and those who are born again of God's spirit, we recognize the spiritual realm and we know how to take control and dominance in this in this walk of life because of that wisdom and knowledge and understanding that we receive from the Holy Spirit concerning the spiritual realm. All right. So. Because we again, we we God wants us to be written and grounded in the Word, so that we can effectively proclaim it and speak and, and come against the enemy. Because we got an enemy who doesn't want that the good news to be proclaimed and lived out. Because he knows when people get a hold of of, of the good news and, and receive Christ, and they then they become born again of God's Spirit. They will grow in knowledge and understanding. They will thirst and hunger for this word. They will grow in knowledge and understanding of this word. And that will be more people added to the kingdom of God and just pulled out of the kingdom of darkness. Okay. And the enemy doesn't want that to happen, but we have the power to, 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 to over him to proclaim the truth that will set others people free as we have been set free. Okay. So he gives us revelation, inspiration, and illumination. A revelation, it simply means. The, the disclosure of something that has been previously hidden. That's what scripture talks about. The spirit unveils something to us. Okay. Um, the unveiling, and it's, it's the unveiling of something that, ha- that has been veiled. Okay. Look at, um, look at first Corinthians, I'm sorry, second Corinthians at third chapter and look at that 16th through the 18th verse. It breaks it down very clearly here. Okay, 16th verse says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, okay, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Okay, we turn to the Lord. Got Christ paid the price on the cross. They said when he, when he, when he gave up the ghost on that cross, 
Scripture says that, that that big veil that was in the in the temple curtain ripped from top to bottom. It was tall, so it ripped on its own from top to bottom, signifying how Christ opened the way up for all men to be reconciled back to God when they put their trust in what Christ did for them on that cross. Okay, so. So when a person turns to Christ, that veil is removed. Now you have we have clear passage to God through Christ Jesus. Okay. And then the Spirit comes to take his abode in us. We become his living, um, we're a living habitation for the Holy Spirit of God. It says, For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He has loosed us and set us free. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. Okay, so as God, as now the veil has been opened, removed, now we're coming one because of our faith we placed in Christ. We're one with God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and He opened, lightens our eyes of understanding, so that now we're equipped to receive the Word of God and the right understanding of the Word of God from Him. Okay, so He enables us here. He talks about the Holy Spirit is the agent who reveals God's wisdom to the Christian as He searches. That's why God tells us, study, show yourself approved, as he searches all things, even the deep, deep things of God. In the same way, no one knows the thought of God except the spirit of God. As we said in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, it says, no matter how religious a person might be, the natural man can't understand the message of God. All right. So you got to, when you we're born again in the spirit, we got to let the spirit conform us. Renew our minds to the word. We cannot live the successful life that God has caused to live in the natural. We have to live according to the power of the Holy Spirit and the understanding he gives us of the word of God because he will cause us to live it right. Okay. Now, inspiration is the method by which the Holy Spirit delivers the revelation. Okay, he's the prophetic word of God is the message the way it inspires it's the inspired word of God. It's the method, okay, by which the Holy Spirit delivers God's revelation. Okay, and that's um that talks about again in First Corinthians two thirteen. He says where it says we speak not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Holy Spirit, expressing those spiritual truths in spiritual words. Okay. And illumination, it is the Holy Spirit safeguards against misuse of the Bible. So he gives, he enlightens eyes. He gives us right understanding. That's what wisdom is. Gives you right spiritual understanding of the word of God, how to rightly divide, how to rightly apply, how to rightly teach it, how to rightly preach it, how to rightly, you know, execute the word in every situation in our lives. Okay. So the man without the spirit does not Accept things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolish. When a person is still operating from a natural perspective, when you speak in the truth and the word, they can't understand it. They will, they will combat it. They will use their, their, their natural wisdom to try to come against it. They just cannot receive it. Okay? So don't, don't, don't get caught up in arguments and debates. Just let your life prove it. <laughs> okay? All right? Because they're foolish to him who don't, who, who don't believe. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Only the spirit can enlighten our eyes of understanding and give us right understanding of the word of God. All right. Also here in Psalms 119, 130, it says the teaching, the interest of your words, Lord, gives light. That was David saying it gives understanding to the simple. That's what the Holy Spirit calls you to make you just 
illuminate things you didn't know. He will give you insight so that you will gain that knowledge and right understanding of what those things you did not know beforehand. The Holy Spirit is our resident teacher of truth. He's our holy habitation. He's in us. He resides in us. He is the teacher. He would teach us the word. That's what scripture says in John 16 chapter. He's the teacher, the teacher that comes to teach us the truth. All right. It says in the New Testament, the term inspiration is reserved solely for God's word. And that's what we talked about earlier in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Another word of God. Let's go ahead and read that again just to reiterate that. That's in uh, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, where it says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Okay, so in, in the term inspiration is reserved solely for the word of God. Inspiration is tied closely to revelation. Revelation is God's revealing himself and his will. And inspiration is the way in which God did it. Okay, so inspiration is tied closely to revelation. Revelation is God's revealing himself and his will. Inspiration is the way in which God did it, all right? And that's through his word, Christ, all right? All right, so as we continue to move on here, we talk about being railroaded in this word. And the New Testament, you know, because I remember we talked about can't look at the Bible as being just some ordinary book. This is the this is the inspired book part of the Bible. The Bible is inspired part of any literary uh, uh, forms that we have in this world today. This, the word of God, God breathed on this. God spoke this through man. Okay. And this is what he deemed as the, as the canon, as the word of God, the prophetic word of God that we must live by. Okay. And, and so it, it don't matter, no matter the other books, people who wrote back in those days, but they, then those men who wrote those other books that you may read about or hear about Maccabees or whatever other books that, that were generated back in the day, then they were they were not canonized or, or or chosen by God or spoke by God. Okay, man wrote it. You can get some probably get some knowledge out of it, some history out of it, but it's not the the, the inspired word of God. The New Testament canon was not officially approved. Okay, by the original church. Okay, Organ, I'm sorry, by the organized church until sometime in the fourth century. However, this does not alter the fact of the New Testament inspiration. Because why? Because God is inspired and, and God inspired it and he and he's inspired. Okay, period. It's all about God. The church no more gave us the New Testament canon than Sir Isaac, than Sir Isaac Newton gave us the force of gravity. Okay, so God is the originator of, of the word of God, period. No matter what it was put in the this Bible form that we read today, it was already, <laughs> it was already in the, in the beginning was the word. Okay. And the word was with God and the word was God. So God is inspired, is the, is the initiator in the beginning of the word, no matter what. Okay. All right. So God gave us gravity, but his work of creation is in, 
And and similarly, he gave us the New Testament canon by inspiring the individuals, individual books that make it up. Okay, and the word canon is Greek and it means read and it was used as a unit of measure. Okay, Um, come to be it came to be known as a measuring uh, rod. Okay, a standard. And that's what we look at. The God's word is our standard for living. That's how you look at it. Okay. The Holy Scripture is God breathed. Um, when Peter in that scripture we read from 2 Peter for 1 20, 21, Peter is saying that no part of scripture was of any private origin. Okay. No scripture ever simply came out of man's mind. Prophecy refers to foretelling as well as foretelling or predicting the future, okay? So God, that's why I got him driving his home. In that scripture, Peter is saying that no part of scripture was of any private inter- origin. No scripture ever came out of a, a man's natural mind, okay? God spoke it by the power of the Holy Spirit through man, okay? I want to read this um about um, Revelation and then and, I'm sorry about um, but just what I just read to you about foretelling and 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 foretelling or predicting the future. That's prophecy, prophesying, because that still exists today. You know, because God's word is prophecy, and people and God uses prop people to, to prophesy his word as well. Let me find this because I thought this was very good when I was researching and studying here. Um, it says here. Modern religion and its shallow focus on comfort and prosperity have severely distorted the proper application of God's true word. Prophecy and its proper function have suffered from tremendous distortion. Rather than exhorting and bringing comfort to people from the revelation of God's will, many claiming to be prophets have degraded the gift to materialistic fortune telling. Much prophecy of today has become nothing more than repackaged psychic readings focused on the fortuitous predictions of temporary pleasures. Many bearing true prophetic gifts may fail to recognize the gift that they possess because their expectations are based on an overexposure to false prophecy. Okay. That's why you got to know the truth. Got to know the, what the real words is because there's false people, there's false prophets in the world as well. It is imperative to understand that the nature of prophets and prophecy has changed since the Old Testament covenant dispensation. The prophets of old, they spearheaded the advancement of God's people and operated and operated with a different mantle, okay, than today's prophets. Okay, in those days, okay, when the gospel was just on, you know, beginning to be on the scene because Jesus Christ came and, you know, died and and rose and sent His Spirit, so they had to bring the prophet. And before that, they had the uh, God. I'm sorry, in the Old Testament ways, they had to God had ordained prophets to speak His word to the people. Okay, so it's a different. It's different now because everything God fulfilled everything in the Old Testament through Christ, and now we and we now we we, we speak a different way, but it's still prophecy still exists. Okay, he just uses us to speak what he's already spoken. Put it that way. That's a good, good way to say it. 
The role of the early church prophets was to reveal and reprove the law and foretell of the coming of the Lord with clarity so that new covenant believers could trust in the promises to come, okay? The gift of prophecy, which still exists today, because you know, some old school teachers said all the gifts and all that has gone away. And they based that on Hebrews 11 for one, um, the 11 in the first chapter. And, and that's not what it's saying. It's just saying Christ fulfilled everything. Uh, but now, you know, it, 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 he doesn't need to because Christ didn't come to destroy the law. He fulfilled it. OK, that's all that's saying. But they But they wanted to teach it and say that the guy doesn't have the um, gift of prophecy, a gift of healing and all that doesn't exist no more. It still exists because people still need to be healed. People still need to be delivered. People, you know, so the gifts are still in effect no matter what. Okay. So the gift of prophecy, which still exists today, serves as a slightly different but uh, distinct purpose as well. Prophecy does two things, two different things. It is it is to foretell and to foretell. Okay. Foretelling is the declaration of future events as revealed from the Lord, pertaining especially to the kingdom of God. Forth telling is to utter forth, okay? Declare a theme which can only be known by divine revelation, what we talked about, okay? Declare um, the divine will to interpret the purposes of God or to make known in any way the truth of God, which is designed to influence people. It can only be uncovered and revealed through prophets. The prophet, when God uses prophets, prophets, he may give them a word of knowledge or 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 or, 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 or the word of God that he's already you know spoken, he would give it to man to speak what's coming forth in the future. Okay. The first aspect uh foretelling involves speaking on unknown future events, foretelling. While this aspect is not dead, its role has shifted as we have advanced closer to the end of this age. The broader future of mankind has already been laid out in scripture, and there is essentially no brand of new kingdom future to be revealed, because God has already revealed everything from the beginning to the end, okay? In addition, Scripture tells us not to add or subtract anything from the word as it is. Okay, that's Revelation 22, 18, 19, and 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. The only complete, the only completely unknown things about the future lie on the other side of our perfected ref restoration. And during this time, prophecy will have ceased as once we have gone to be with the Lord. And that talks about that in 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 13, uh, 13 chapter, 1 Corinthians 8 through 13 verses. So, so prophesying the, uh, that far, so, so prophesying that far into the future contradicts scripture in more than um, ways than one. The word itself being written in this word we talked about, the word is, is sufficient to sustain us. Okay, that's why Jesus said, no man live by bread alone, but by every word that God has ordained, that God has canonized and, and called and, and spoken, okay? Because it, it, it is complete. The word of God is complete. The major problem that exists today, which has actually existed since the beginning of time, 
is that people are unaware of the depths. That's why the Holy Spirit can only teach you the deeper and right deeper understanding of the Word of God. Okay, say the only it says here the Word is sufficient. The only major problem exists today, which has actually existed since the beginning of time, is that people are unaware of the depths of God's loving intentions for His people, which is declared in His Word. Both individuals and the body of Christ as a whole have displayed an unhealthy ignorance. See, the enemy don't want us to know this word. He wants to, because he can play on our ignorance when we don't know the word, which is his covenant with us. Okay, God's made a covenant with us, reconciled us, made us one. He was a mediator. Christ was the mediator between us and God. And he, and he bridged that gap and made us reconnect us to God when we put our faith and trust in him. This is exactly why prophecy has been manipulated by the enemy to such extremes today. And it is why prophets like Elijah and Jeremiah spent most of their energies reiterating and reminding God's people of his laws. Remember earlier we talked about in the first episode uh, of this of this topic, how Peter said you got to keep reminding the people, keep reminding the people. And that's why God tells us in, in Joshua, keep meditating upon his word day and night. What to, you know, so it's got to get down in you, got to get rid of it in your heart. Okay, stay fresh on your mind. Your mind keep being renewed. All right. He said, God's people, um, he says, Satan's kingdom is constantly at work to distort the truth. Okay. From this, we can see how the other aspect of prophecy, which is foretelling, has been and always will be a major component of prophecy. As we near the end of this age, the foretelling ability of prophets will be greatly needed throughout the entire body to boldly and clearly proclaim the carnally obscured revelations of God's instructions and promises. God's word is spiritually discerned and understood. Okay, and when you know the word by the being taught by the Holy Spirit, you're able to come against the natural-minded prophetic words that will come out of people's mouths because because you because you can't a natural-minded man can't receive and truly understand the word of God, so he cannot proclaim the truth the way it's supposed to be proclaimed. This ability to declare this ability to declare the misunderstood or unrealized truths of God's covenant is the primary function of prophecy today, okay? For those who open the, their word and are discouraged by things they cannot understand, the forth-telling gift of the word of the prophets that clarifies the loving intentions of God's author. Because in God's word, God said, everything he has purposed and planned for us is for good. Okay, he said, in the life you go, in this life, the world, you're going to experience, they're going to offer you tribulation, you're going to experience tribulation, but be of good cheer, okay? You're going to, you over, I overcame, so you're going to overcome. Let's keep, be steadfast and anchored in my word, okay? He said, we should never go as far as some, um, as, as far as some to say that prophecies cease with the apostles, okay? We should not say that prophecy concluded with the canon of scripture. And we should certainly never say that the Holy Spirit no longer prophesies through people, okay? Because I know he does. The Lord has used donkeys to get man's attention in the, in the Bible. So I would never declare that God would, would never speak to the edification of his children. Such teachings venture dangerously close to blasphemy. However, we do not uh, we do need we do need to understand what real prophecy entails. 
The foretelling nature of prophecy has not disappeared. The foretelling nature of prophecy has not disappeared. It is often needed and used at a more personal level to establish the personal nature of Yahweh, God. However, personal prophecy must still line up, okay, with God's um, overall will. Because um, God has prophesied words through to me. Um, through through certain individuals, and and but he but it was it was words that also he, and he I know he it was impressed upon my spirit and, I, and it was confirmed it was in the, already on something he had said to me earlier. So it's so so it got it lines up everything lines up what God has said and lines up with His word. Okay, so and I know that to be true, and many of those prophetic words that He spoke of my life have come to pass, and there's still yet some. That um, have yet not come past, but I'm still believing because I know when God's word speaks something, He watches over His word to to speak it and perform it. Should I say at its appropriate time and appointed time in your life and in my life? Okay, so and He says in addition to this, to the numerous scriptures, um, tell us that prophecy is greatly needed. It is listed uh, second among the office functions of the church instituted by Jesus Himself in Ephesians the four. Chapter 11, verse 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 1 Corinthians 14, 5. As we know, the, um, the Bible says it is not un until that Jesus is perfected, uh, which is which is perfect is to come, that prophecies will cease. So prophecies still exist until uh, um, Jesus has come. And in today's generation, the office of the prophet is sorely needed. That ability to see the see the beyond the surface information and into the revelation of God's word and declare it with certainty is prophecy. Okay, it is just so happens to be less glamorous than the self-seeking good fortune variety. So if you okay, just con continuing, and we're going to continue to close out here. And we talked about you know we saw we've been talking about prophecy and the foretelling and the foretelling and the foretelling of prophecy. So if you like it says, I just said, if you feel um so it just so happens less to be less glamorous today than the self-seeking um and um good fortune variety of, of prophesying that um many occasions you you might have heard today or even in, in time before. People always telling you good things or that's gonna happen in your life, your new car, your new home, or whatever the deal may be. You're not getting caught up in those things if if things that they're speaking to you doesn't line up with what God is telling you, okay? And when, when, according to his word, it says, if you think you don't possess a prophetic gift because you can't see a person's future house or dream life, it's time to consult the spirit, okay? We must foretell when appropriate and foretell when needed, all by the leading of the Holy Spirit, okay? This is a gift from the Holy Spirit and he uses you to speak his word, his truth, his words of knowledge, and that, you, that he's given you a uh, pertaining to somebody else. You you speak it under his direction. All right. Not, not making up things. All right. So it says we must foretell when appropriate and foretell when needed, all by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Due to the perversion of gospel and the deception of Satan, many have grown weary or fallen into sin. This is where true prophets are called. It is to remind us of all the truth of God's word when we can't perceive it or fail to obey it. It is so lovingly, it, it is it is too lovingly 
too, it is too, when you prophesy, it is too, it is to lovingly exhort us all towards the promise of total redemption. It is to bring reassuring comfort in knowing on a personal and communal level that no matter how it appears in the in the natural, God has spoken and he is faithful to perform his word. Okay? So God's word is true. And we, 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 he wants us to be rooted and grounded in his word. And we got to trust the leading and, and the instruction of the Holy Spirit because he always teaches us how to rightly divide this word truth and make it effective in our lives. OK, so we're going to close out um, this episode. And until next episode, I just want to continue to encourage each and every one of you to continue to let this word richly dwell in your heart, meditate upon it day and night and to walk, continue to walk by faith. OK, and not by sight. Until we meet again, love you, family. Be blessed.